Thanks so much for listening to No Lions Here with me, Big Panda. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to No Lions Here. Uh, my name is Big Panda, and I'm a recovering sex addict. Oh, back in the studio, um, back from my trauma-intensive out of Beginningen Institute out in Boulder, Colorado. Um, had an amazing time, so we'll just uh, we'll just jump right into the experience that I had and kind of tell you I've been back for it'll be a week today. Um, so excited, uh, learned a lot of things about myself, and I'm excited to be back in the studio and to keep to just keep recording. Um, so yeah, I got out there, got out there, and you know it was. The travel, I forgot how much just traveling can kind of uh, give me anxiety and kind of overwhelm me. Um, and I feel like the travel day that I had was was pretty busy. And I feel like I kind of got stuck in this. Like I was really wound up. All I really, when I remember when I got out to Denver, um, I really just kind of wanted to slow down and chill. But we had some things we had to do um, that Thursday night that I got in. So that was the couple days leading up to the intensive were were a little tough. Um, I actually acted out the day before I checked in, um, just kind of just masturbation. Um, and I was just, I think at that point in time, there was, there was a lot of anxiety, not necessarily for going into the trauma intensive. Um, just It was just kind of some outside things kind of going on with just the travel and, and things like that. I wasn't. I was didn't have much contact with my sponsor, and that kind of disappointed me. Um, so it was so so it was so it was a little tough getting in there. Um, now, once I got to begin again, I mean, you know, they take your phone, um, and there was I met five new guys while I was out there. Um, and you know, the first thing you do when you get there is, you know, you meet everybody, you get COVID tested, and make sure everybody's you know safe and not sick and. And then literally you're within the first 20 minutes of meeting these guys, you know, you're you're writing down all your big trauma pieces that happened in your childhood from the ages of zero to 20. And everybody's sharing about them. Um, four of the guys, there was, there was six of us total. Uh, four of the guys that I was there with, we had been through the two-week intensive. Um, and then the other two guys had not been through the two-week intensive. Uh, and I got to say, like, I remember when I got onto the grounds of BAI, I remember just my attitude was really good despite acting out the day before. My attitude was I, w- I was just really excited and I was in a completely different place than when I was there before back in February of 2021. When I was there in February, I was just an absolute wreck, absolute wreck, you know, dealing with the breakup and this kind of this new learned again, you know, I had just kind of learned that I was a sex addict at that point. So it was really, really tough. Um, that first time around and the second time around, I, I kind of knew what to expect. You know, I was familiar with the house and the grounds and kind of the process of things. Um, even though it was a different than the two weeks, um, so honestly, man, just not having my phone with me was huge. That was just so nice to just not be – I didn't 
there's so many times where I'm kind of just like a slave to my phone, like whether I'm bored, anxious, you know, whatever it is, I tend to just kind of go to my phone just, and I'll just, just click on anything. It it doesn't matter. I don't even really want to use it, but I just, it's a nervous tick for me almost. Um, so not having that was, was scary at first. However, I just, I didn't have that to just, I, I couldn't get lost in my phone while I was there. And that was awesome. So, you know, you're, you're, you meet these guys all fairly quick. Um, and you know, you, you form, you form these bonds fairly quickly. And just my attitude being there was, was just on a whole other level at this point in time, just being out there. I was just so excited to be there and I was really excited to do the work. You know, it was a lot of hard work while I was there. Um, however, it was, it was absolutely amazing. Um, such a, such a great experience. I'm definitely going to be going back again at some point in time later on down the road, not anytime soon, but you know, it's always good to continue to dig and to continue to, to kind of work on these things and, you know, you can do these, you know, I, I can do these with my normal counselor, you know, um, however, there's kind of this, you know, the atmosphere there is like, okay, I'm here for five days and this is what I'm doing opposed to like going and meeting with a counselor for an hour. Um, I heard Matt actually share this in a podcast that I listened to him. It's called the seatbelt effect. Like, you know, I, I go to my normal CSAT. I'm, I, I sit in an hour with him and then I get it back out to my car. And it's like, as soon as I put my seatbelt on, that's when like, okay, it's back to my regular day. What do I got going on today? What do I got going on tonight? What's the rest of the week look like? It's kind of like, it's hard to really kind of focus on what it is you you want to work on or whatever it is you worked on in therapy that day when, you know, again, I'm leaving and getting in my car and I got to go run around and do all this other stuff. So being just like immersed in that environment, it, 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 it makes a huge difference. It, like you're there to put in this heavy mental and emotional work and you're just surrounded by one other guys that are there for the same exact thing to a staff that is there with you. They're with you along the way. I think Matt said it in his interview. You know, these guys are these guys are connected to your stories. They know your stories. <clears throat> and they're there to guide you and to help you and support you through this heavy, heavy work. Um so it was it was really cool just to be out there. Um you know, at first, I'll get a little shell-shocked at first, but it was definitely what I needed. I'm really proud of myself and happy that this all worked out and that I was got a chance to go out there. So I remember it was every morning, you know, we'd wake up at 6 o'clock. We'd be in the van by 7, and we'd go and do a hike, um, which was awesome. It was great. It was good for just getting out. You know, where I live, we don't really have these mountainous hiking trails um, there's hikes, but nothing that, that are like the ones we did out there. So it was just awesome to go out there and just to just to take in the beauty. And again, you know, you're walking and talking with guys and, you know, just getting to know people. And, you know, you, you, you have a lot of common with these guys uh, apart from the addiction. And it's, even some of the traumas are the same. Some of the, the emotions behind the traumas. And it's just, again, it was just the attitude that I had was I'm, I'm ready to work. I'm ready and I'm willing to work. And 
I remember the first the first day we had group therapy in the morning and you know we they got to me and I was we we basically we read off of our feeling wheel um and earlier that morning in the van on the way back from the hike I was a couple of the guys were talking about their kids and I I felt a little triggered at that point cuz um you know I thought of Patricia and her little kids and how I wish you know I had those stories and to chime in and share and so that got me feeling you know a little lonely a little well it's definitely sad lonely um and I kind of took that into the group therapy that morning and you know I, I remember bringing that up the guy I, I said lonely and, and the therapist was like well, well why lonely tell me more about that and kind of got into the you know, told him the story about feeling triggered about the kids. And, and he was like, okay, no, that's, that's fair. He's like, that's valid. He's like, I don't want to minimize that experience for you, but let's put that to the side. What's underneath that? What's underneath that? And, you know, obviously I've got some of the trauma is, you know, the, the whole situation with my dad catching my dad and then my mom catching me and then not really being heard and then kind of carrying this guilt, this weight for 20 plus years. And he's like, okay, well that's there. So, well, you know, what's, what's underneath that? What's underneath that? And this has been a reoccurring theme in my recovery where something's going on with me and I can't really put my finger on it. And I will just dig, 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 dig thinking, okay, let me take these traumas that I know of, right? I know that I know I caught my dad. I know my mom caught me. I know I felt really guilty for the things I was doing and then not being heard. Okay, so I know that those are all there. So let me take those and put those on the shelf. I know that those are there. And let's keep digging and let's try to find other things that are there. Maybe there's other stuff there. And and of course, subconsciously, some of that is, well, let me – maybe there's something else that'll kind of click and this is all going to make sense. And I mean, essentially it's a a magic bullet, right? The red pill, I'm going to find the red pill or the blue pill that I can take and it's going to be magical. And I remember sitting there and he was trying to, he's like, all right, what's underneath that? What's underneath that? And I just, I couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. I haven't been able to find anything over the last year and a half. And he was like, stop digging. Stop digging. Why don't you take what you've put on the shelf and let's work on that. Work on that. Work on that and see what you can come up with around that. And that that was like the first time like just a light bulb went off in my head and I was like that makes so much sense. Like why am I I'm over here just digging and spinning my wheels and frustrating myself and getting down on myself because I should be able to find these things, but I can't. What am I doing wrong? What am I not doing right? What can I do differently? Oh, I'm I'm failing at this, essentially. Um, that's kind of what all that digging leads to, um, is me just getting down on myself. And... He was like, stop doing that. Stop doing that, man. Let's let's take what you already know and let's dig on that. Dig on that. Work on that and see what comes up. So that's what I, I really need to be focused on is like in these therapy sessions with my therapist now outside of BAI is 
Okay, let's start. Let's digging. Let's dig into the big traumas that I that I know of, and let's see where those take me. Right, those are going to lead me to the different places that I need to be looking at. Not just I can't just set those to the side and try to find other stuff. Let's work on the stuff that's right in front of me, that's been dangling in front of me my entire life, and let's work on those. And when I start digging into that stuff, more stuff will come up. Um, so that just made so much sense to me made so much sense and it honestly it was like a sense of relief it was the 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 feeling of oh my gosh just relief like i can i can put the shovel down i can stop digging i can stop digging and i know what i can focus on now and i haven't really haven't really had that sense of focus um or like that pinpoint focus in my recovery. Like obviously I'm, I'm focused on my recovery and doing my recovery and, you know, doing all the things that I need to be doing around it. But as far as like the trauma piece goes and kind of stuff that I can actually like work on, I haven't been super laser focused on that. And now, now I am laser focused on that. And we did, um, I did some work around some of that stuff. Um, so when I was out there before I worked with a therapist name, his name was Nate. Um, and guys, I'm really excited because he's actually going to come on the podcast here in a couple of weeks. Um, and man, it was, it was so cool. Um, cause I had sent him the podcast back in December and I hadn't heard anything from him. And when I went out there this last time I got to, he was my one-on-one therapist. Again, when I was there before, I think I met with him like four times one-on-one sessions and this time around it was only two but in the first first one-on-one session with Nate he was like hey man I've listened to every episode I've listened to every episode I feel really connected with you I was excited whenever I found out you were coming back um <clears throat> because I've been following your journey and that just like I felt heard I felt really connected to him um I just felt really good about I just I I felt really good with the stuff that we were going to work on that like I didn't know what he was going to bring up but I just I knew that whatever it was it was coming from a caring place and that this guy was really invested so that was that was awesome um a big one for me that that I kind of made a breakthrough on was the feeling of guilt the feeling of guilt is something that over the last year and a half, like I really haven't been able to put my finger on that 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 guilty feeling. Um, and it makes a lot of sense in the talks that we had. It was this, you know, my recovery's messy, right? Like recovery's not perfect. Recovery's messy. And I feel guilty for that. I feel guilty because here I am, you know, sharing my story by no means am I perfect at all or my recovery perfect at all. And yet I feel so guilty because my recovery is messy. And, and I'm, I feel guilty in the sense of like, I'm not living up to the standards that I'm kind of setting for myself in my head, which the standards I'm setting are just totally irrational. They are, it's almost, it's a, it's a level of perfection, perfectionism. And I'm, I'm never going to hit those. And then when I fall short of those, I feel guilty about it. And, well, I really, you know, this. there's so many times where I feel like I have to kind of gift wrap and sell my recovery 
to others for them to accept me and that if I don't sell myself or my recovery, these people are going to be like, hey, man, your recovery is too messy. I don't want anything to do with you. And we broke that down even further to all the way back to eight or nine years old when my mom caught me messing around with my little brothers. And I told her, dad does, I saw dad doing this. And to, in what, in my mind, you know, I was a little kid. That was me taking my mess to my mom and saying, mom, I made a mess. I made a mess. I don't know what to do. I saw dad doing it. I, I don't know what to do. And then on the return side of that, I got in trouble. My dad, I was never talked about it again, and I didn't see my dad get in trouble. So in my mind, that was basically my mom being like, I want nothing to do with your mess. I don't want anything to do with your mess. And that is basically how I've lived my life for 20 plus years is I have to put on this show because if people really knew how messy my life was, they wouldn't want anything to do with it because she didn't want anything to do with it. And when your caregiver doesn't want anything to do with it, that's going to negatively affect you as a young child. And you want to talk about mind blown in that situation. My mind was absolutely blown. I don't think I've ever cried that hard before in my life. It just made so much sense. And I remember just, I was shaking, crying. I was ugly crying and it just, it felt so good. And it was, at first it was like these waves of emotions. Like this happens to me sometimes where I'll feel an emotion and I'll get real emotional about it and I'll start to cry. And then all of a sudden I'll just like stop. I'll just like stop crying and I'm just kind of like, okay, well, what just happened? And this happened in the therapy session like multiple times. And Nate was like, what's going on here, man? You know, these are waves coming on. Just feel them. Just sit. Just feel them. Just feel them. And I remember just kind of physically being able to feel these waves of emotions just come on and then stop. Come on and then stop. Come on and then stop. And to the point where they were just there. They were just there and I was just feeling my way through them. And it was really powerful. Um up up until that point, I really hadn't had a good cry and and in a good time because again, I, I these the waves the the way the the emotions hit me just kind of comes in waves where I'll get real emotional and I'll start to cry and then I'll just kind of stop and I won't allow myself to sit in those long enough to get another wave, another wave, another wave. I'll kind of almost just shut them down after that first wave and be like, oh, okay, well. That was good. I, I sat through them. Okay, we're good. Let's move on. Um, so, you know, that piece, bringing that into my recovery is, you know, okay, when I feel the waves, just just keep sitting in them. Just keep, let, let, let the waves come. Let the waves come. Don't shut them down. Don't try to run from them. Just kind of, just kind of keep, let them keep coming. Let them keep coming. Um. So that was that that was a really big breakthrough for me just one being able to put my finger on guilt. It was guilt, you know, and then with my sobriety 
you know, getting a, a week here, two weeks there. Um, you know, the longest I've gone is like 90-something days. I think it was right under 100. Maybe it was a little over 100. Um, but then getting into like the one week here and then acting out. And then it's when I when I have that and I act out, I, I feel guilty about that. I feel guilty. Here I am, you know, somebody with a podcast trying to talk about recovery, yet my my wisdom doesn't seem to be matching up with my sobriety. And so I feel really guilty about that. That people are going to be like, eh, sorry, man. Your sobriety doesn't match your wisdom, so I can't really take you seriously. Um, and just what people think of me in general kind of is, is a scary thing. Um, and again, it, it, I carry a lot of guilt with that. And when I feel guilty, that, that just that just – that just that's like that that cycle that addictive cycle that guilt is what fuels that cycle for me um and again i i had never put my finger on that emotion of guilt and that feeling of guilt that, that has kind of kept me in things i've kind of i thought it was other things right i thought it was loneliness um i thought it was the anxiety which th- those those all play a part but the big underlying thing there for me is guilt and realizing that like I'm I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Like I did my time. Nate, that's Nate told me he's like you did your time. You did your time. You're forgiven, man. Leave it all here. Leave it all right here. When you walk out of this room right now, leave it here. You've done your time, man. 20 years, that's a long time. That's a long time to carry that, man. You should you should have never had to carry that for that long. Leave it here. Um, and of course, you know, in that moment, he's like, you know, forgive yourself. And of course, then my mind starts going to, okay, well, okay, I can work on that. Let me think of what I can do to forgive myself. And that's when he was like, no, man, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Give yourself that. You've done your time. You're forgiven. I felt such a sense of relief after that. Just like, a load had just come off of my shoulders. My my shoulders is where I feel a lot of the stress. And that just comes from what I've carried for so long. And I've carried this into relationships. Um, and then the guilt of what I've done in relationships behind my partner's back. Um, knowing that I did those things and that I knew that that really wasn't me. However, I couldn't stop doing those things. That just led to just made me feel guilty all the time. All the time. I was just so, so riddled with guilt. And that just weighed on me. It just weighed on me and just, just held me down. Um, so shaking off that guilt and really working on that guilt, for me, that is going to be a big thing that I'm bringing into my recovery right now is just letting go of the guilt, forgiving myself, and knowing that, like, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And that's huge. That's huge because, again, this I just I was able to connect those dots with, with, through, with Nate's guidance and support. We were able to kind of get to the bottom of that. Um, so that felt that um, – I, I know I've said this a lot, but it was, it was awesome. 
it was awesome. It's one of the best ways for me to describe it. The the relief there, just the relief of just, oh my gosh, I can breathe. I can breathe. You know, um, we did a lot of just kind of mindful, mindfulness of the body. And we did this one exercise. It was really cool where we were all sitting around and basically we were look we were supposed to look around at each of the guys and, and describe the feelings that came up when we looked at these guys and where we were feeling those in our body. Um, and that really just teaches you to kind of slow down, notice what you're one, what you're feeling and two, where you're feeling it in the body and how different emotions have different feelings. And we all kind of feel them differently in our bodies. And, and that was, it was, we did it for like 45 minutes and it was honestly, it was, it was awesome. I don't think I've really ever been in touch with my body like that. I know that for me and my chest is where I feel a lot of my anxiety. There's there's like this flutter in my chest when I feel anxiety. Um, there's tension in my shoulders. Um, just kind of all these different sensations that I can that I can put names of feelings on them now. And br- bringing that into my recovery, just being a little bit more mindful of where my body's at, what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling it, and how it's coming out. You know, when I get into these places, I've, I've found that – so there's what they call dorsal, um, and, and those are the kind of guys that go kind of numb and kind of quiet and kind of pull back into their shell um, when they're triggered. Um, and for me, I have a mix of that. I feel that kind of I – I can go numb. However, at the same time, I also kind of get amped up. I kind of get amped up whether, you know, I'm triggered – I can almost get into this this spot of like, okay, what can I do? What can I do for myself? What can I do? Let's go, 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 go. And then that's kind of when I feel like I start spinning my wheels. I don't really get much traction there because I don't necessarily have those answers off the top of my head. And then I can get frustrated with myself uh, because I don't know those answers. And I'm like, well, we should know those answers. We've been doing this for some time now. Why don't we have those answers? We need to be, we need to have these answers. Why do we not have these answers? And basically it was told to me that in those moments, the best thing for me to do is not to necessarily throw more recovery stuff at it. I don't need to throw any, I don't need to throw literature at it. I don't need to throw more recovery things at it. The tool that I need to be using is that mindfulness of my body taking a step back, slowing things down, slowing them down, checking in with myself, um, doing some breathing work. I really love the four, seven, eight breathing. Breathe in for four seconds, hold it for seven seconds, and then out your mouth for eight seconds. And you really want to... That kind of brings you back online. Um, so I've really been practicing that. And then also just checking in with my body. What's going on? Where am I feeling it? What am I feeling? And at first when we were doing this exercise, I got some anxiety because the, uh, the therapist that we were working with was he had all these different 
places he was feeling these things. And for me, really, anxiety is a big one for me. That's kind of what I feel the most. And I felt bad. And I I brought this up. I was like, I've got some anxiety because I'm hearing you, you know, name all these different emotions and, and kind of where you're feeling them and how you're feeling them. And all I'm feeling is anxiety in my chest. Um, and I realized that over time with that practice, I'll, I'll get better at it. I'll get better at it and I'll have different feelings and I'll feel things in different ways. And it's all kind of going back to the whole, you know, if I try it once and I'm not real good at it, I don't want to try it anymore. Instead of the mentality of, hey, I'm not real good at this, but let me keep trying and then hopefully, eventually, I'll get better at it. Um, so just the mindful body check-ins for me, just kind of, again, just taking that step back, breathing through it, and kind of checking in with my body. Honestly, like I feel really connected with my body at this point. And that slow down piece for me is something that I'm really excited to incorporate and already have incorporated it into my recovery, even just being out for a week, just really noticing that when I'm feeling super anxious, I need to just step back. If I'm feeling anything, I need to just kind of step back, breathe through it, um, maybe say a prayer, but also just kind of check in with my body. All right, where am I at? Where am I feeling things? Where's the tension at? Kind of what's going on. And so I feel really connected with my body right now and where I feel things and how I feel things. And I think that you know, for anybody who doesn't necessarily go dorsal, the guys that kind of go dorsal, they are the ones that need to take action because they kind of have to wake themselves up. Whereas I'm up, I need to slow it down. I need to just really slow it down. And for me, that means meditating more, breathing exercises and body check-ins. And I've, I've really been incorporating those three things into my recovery. And I meditated before this really great um, free meditation app called Insight Timer uh, that I was told about when I was out there the first time. And I remember when I got out, I was meditating uh, nightly. There are normally like nighttime meditations that I was doing, and I liked them. However, at that point in time, I, I... I wasn't doing them for the right reasons, right? I wasn't doing them to slow down. I wasn't doing, I was doing them so that if Patricia came into my life, I I had all, I had this list of things that I could say that I was doing that made me seem like I was safer. Um, and, And that model for me is not sustainable. So I eventually kind of fell off of them. I mean, that's kind of like, there's some other things that I was doing back then as well to, again, to just kind of check boxes and add them to the list and say, oh, hey, look, here's this gift-wrapped list of things that I'm doing right now. Why don't you go ahead and take a look at those? And uh, yeah, look how good I'm doing. Look look at me. Look at me. Um, because again, you know, it was still messy back then, and I feel the need to sell myself. Um and then if I don't do that, you're not going to want any part of it. So that is just not a sustainable model for me doing it for, for, for the wrong reasons. And I saw that. I, I saw that much more clear this time around going back there. And just so now I'm trying to incorporate these things without kind of the rigor, the rigorousness of them. 
not necessarily setting a schedule. It's more or less, hey, okay, I'm not, I get off of work. Okay, I'm not feeling great. Let me take 10 minutes to just kind of do a meditation and check in with my body. Um, and it's not this this schedule that I'm trying to keep up with that I'm overloading myself by scheduling these things. It's more or less like, oh, okay, hey, I got some free time. I don't feel great. Or, hey, I got some free time. I'm feeling all right. L- let's do a check-in real quick. You can use them in both cases. I'm not feeling good. Let me check in. Hey, I'm doing all right. Let me check in. You know, it's, it's, it's one or the other. It's, it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be just when I'm in this bad place. Like today, I have had a pretty good day today. And right before I came into the studio, I was like, you know what? I, let me let me do a quick little meditation real quick. And I, and I did a meditation, and it was uh, it was really good. So definitely trying to incorporate that more into my recovery. Um, and this time around, I'm doing it for the, the right reasons. And so I think that it can be something that will last. Again, this is all kind of stuff of habit too. So the more that I do it, for the right reasons, the, the the longer that it's going to stick with me. So I feel, I feel really good about that, and that that made a lot of sense to me. Just that whole, slow it down, man. Just slow it down. You're all right. Let's just slow it down. Um, we did this really cool exercise called um, I forget what he called it. It, it was called like an a the angel, the angel. And and we did this one with Matt. You guys remember Matt from um, uh, the last episode I had him on. Um, he was there one day with us, and it was it was great to see him um, and just to just to hug him. It was it was so great to just hug him. Um, where basically we we went back into our childhood and we we picked a we picked a, a figure from our childhood to where that thought very highly of us. And it was also somebody that a lot of trauma wasn't necessarily associated with. They were like on our team and like built us up and thought really highly of us. And at first I was like, Oh man, I don't know who to pick who. I, okay. All right. All right. And then it just kind of hit me. I had a sixth grade teacher. Her name was Mrs. Moore. And I remember that sixth grade was my first year in public school. I went to private school before that. And whole oh, completely completely new experience for me. In sixth grade, I got braces. Um, I had some pretty jacked up teeth. So I got I had braces in sixth grade. I ditched the glasses and went to contacts and I frosted the tips. <laughs> Just saying that makes me laugh. I love telling people that. Um, so I was in her class. She was my sixth grade teacher. And I remember she she always thought very highly of me. She always spoke very highly of me to me. I remember doing different journal assignments. And I'm, she was pregnant at the time when I had her as my teacher. And I remember in one of those journal, she wrote, you know, if I have a son, I hope that he turns out like you. And I mean, I that's probably one of the highest regards that anybody can tell you is that they have a kid. They want that kid to turn out like you. And I never felt I, I, I wasn't fearful around her. I wasn't fearful at all. I remember 
I remember reading a book. We had a quiet reading time, and I remember reading this book. And in the book, it was a book about Tiger Woods. Um, and it had the phrase, had, had. So two hads right next to each other. And I remember thinking in my sixth grade, I can still remember this. I remember thinking, oh, there's a typo. I'm going to go point this out to her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look, look what I found. And I remember I went up to her and I was like, hey, there's a typo in this book. I had had. That shouldn't be there. There should only be one of them. And she was just like, oh, no, you know, that's they that that works. And this is why. And and it was one of those things where, like, she corrected me, but I didn't feel like I got in trouble. There was no fear there. Like, I, I, feel, I really felt like I could go ask her anything. And I, there was no, there was no scolding. There was no, she didn't come down on me. It was like in an instance like that, she could have just been like, nope, you're wrong. Go back to your desk. And it wasn't like that. It was a very nurturing environment for me. And basically we were, hey, write down, write down what, you know, they, they would say to you or what they thought about you, you know, write this stuff down. And then what you're going to do is they'd, we'd pick another guy in the room and they would come and stand in front of us. So like we're like a little kid and they're standing in front of us and they would say these things to you, the things that I wrote down about, you know, some of the, you know, the, if I had a kid, I, I wish that he, he's like you. Um, and then it was my turn. Then I got up and faced the chair where I was sitting and envisioned my little kid inside of me sitting there. And I spoke those words to him as if I was Mrs. Moore. And so we did that all around the room and, and different guys had different, different things. And that was super powerful. Just having, having that angel. And that's something that I can, I can pull up at any point in time and remind myself of those things. And that, you know, this person saw me for who I really was and not all the bad things that I had done. She saw me for who I was and that I always have that. Like, no one can ever take that away from me, that I always have that in me and that I can recount and pull these things up whenever I need them. Um, and that was that was really powerful. That was... Again, another piece that I get to bring into my recovery that I'm really excited to use. And I, I used it the other night, actually. I wasn't feeling too great. And um, I was able to bring that in and use that. And so that's a, a really another just, again, a powerful tool that is now in my toolbox um, for, for any time that I'm just I'm, I'm not feeling up to it. Or I'm, I'm feeling down on myself. I'm not feeling good enough. That I can kind of pull this out and use that, and that, um, and that was again a, another just a light bulb and a mind blown thing, just an, another you know big breakthrough. And I really feel like this time around, I was more like a sponge. You know, the first time I was there, it was I was a wreck. You know, kind of doing these things so I could get out and take these back to Patricia and say, "Look at me! Look at what I look at what I've done! Look at what I've gone through! Look at what I've learned!" Um, whereas this time around, you know, I knew that it was all for me, and that I knew that I was going in with the right attitude 
to get stuff out of it. So I just soaked up as much as I possibly could. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want my phone back. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to just stay there and be in that environment. It was just it was just such an awesome, nurturing, safe, secure environment. And that's really what I long for are those types of environments and with those types of people. Um, Because that's when I can just let my hair down and be myself and not have to worry about what others think. Um, So from that point of view, I mean, that's why these, that's why I will be going back. And I feel like these kinds of intensives are so important in recovery, especially recovery for sex addiction. Um, I mean, they're going to be they're They're good for anybody that wants to go and do them. Really? Um, you don't have to be an addict to, to go through a trauma intensive and, and, and learn stuff about you and get things out of it that you can incorporate into your everyday life. That's going to help you grow and it's going to help you heal too. Uh, such a healing environment as well. Just being able to get things out without the fear of judgment, um, and then learn about those things. And learn how to work through those things and not shove them back down, but work through them. Um, so come when it came time to leave, you know, that's that's always a big smack in the face. You know, that, that night that I got my phone back and I was headed back into the real world. Uh, I just remember all of the anxiety. There's just a lot of anxiety getting out um, and knowing that oh, I got to go back to life now. I got to go back to real the real world where I got problems. I got problems and I have to practice this stuff. And that's what that was really hard honestly the whole you know getting back into life was was tough. I acted out the the morning after I got out. And I'm not real proud of saying that. It makes sense. You know there was a lot of heavy mental and emotional work that was put in while I was out there and it was exhausting. And, and, you know, it happened. It happened. Were there things that I could have done? Sure. There were. There, there were. Um, however, my, my system was just so worked up whenever I got out that, you know, I, I, I went back to old ways to soothe myself. Um, and, again, I'm not, I'm not real proud of that. It's hard for me to admit that. And it took me a few days to admit that. Um, and I was even unsure if I was going to share that today, but you know what? I, I have to share it. I have to shed light on it. I have to learn from it. Um, I need to take time to, to sit and think about that. And I've, and I've done that. And it, again, it, it makes sense. I, I shouldn't be surprised at the end of the day, I'm a sex addict and I have old ways of dealing with things that don't. They work only for a moment, though. And then the guilt and anxiety and the shame, it all just comes creeping back in. Um, and things have been kind of just a little rocky, too, just getting back to work. Um, it's been it, it, it's been tough, but, you know, I've got these new tools. And I've used these tools this week quite a few times. And I will say just slowing things down has just really, really been helping me out. And 
just slowing them down, slowing them down, taking things at my pace, you know. I get too wrapped up in this. I feel like this is a race to gain all of this knowledge and, and finally be able to stand on the top of a mountain and say, I'm, I'm recovered. I'm recovered. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily work like that. Like I'm going to have this is something that's going to be with me for the rest of my life that I'm going to have to continue to battle. Um, so if I can slow things down when I kind of get in these places where I just my insides are so wound so tightly and I'm just I, I, I feel the need to be busy, 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 recovery, 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 recovery. And instead, it's just all about just kind of slowing that down. And I even did that just this week, just being able to like slow things down and not throw a bunch of recovery stuff at it, but just again back to the to the body check ins, to the meditating, to the breathing, just kind of what's going on with me. And let me just slow this down for a second. And if I can slow this down, I can help my system kind of relax. Right. So like it's mental and physical in recovery. You have I have a nervous system that's out of whack. And I have mental, my brain just runs and runs and runs. And then my nervous system plays off of that and gets all wound up. So if I can slow them both down at the same time with the check-ins, that's gonna help me in the long run. And that's gonna give me success. Um also, too, you know, just reflecting on the last year and a half for me, I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. I got a lot going on still. Um, and just being able to look back at that and to be very proud of myself over the last year and a half, the things that I've done, the things that I've done in my recovery, the things I've done with the podcast, just... I'm really, really proud and I'm really grateful. I've got a lot of really good things going on in my life. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm really grateful. And again, I'm really proud of myself because I'm still fighting. And I know I've said this before. I'm, I'm still fighting. And that's, that's huge for me. I have to continue to fight. I can't, if I stop fighting, you know, I don't want to go back to that place where I'm not fighting anymore because that is a miserable place to be. That is not fun. And I just got to keep fighting. And I'm fighting, right? So I I know I sound like I'm getting down right now, but I'm, I'm really not. I'm just kind of reflecting and just kind of almost just soaking it in, just kind of sitting here in the recording room by myself, just just taking it all in. And again, I've, I've had these thoughts over the last couple of days of just had these moments of just great pride that have that have brought me happy tears which are always which are always fun to have even though they're very confusing sometimes cuz I'm like why am I crying I don't feel bad I feel good and it's like oh these are happy tears man let them let them go let them go so that was my uh that was my trauma intensive and kind of what I got out of it and what I'm really excited to bring into my recovery and you know on top of that there's I got some other really good news I'm going to kind of hold on to that um because i really don't know what it means yet um but i've got some some we're, we're close i'm very close to some to some big things happening um and i'm really excited about it. it's got me really excited and really motivated um and again it's just the 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 fruits of my labor um 
as far as my recovery goes, I, there's some things that are that are right there, and I'm and I'm, I'm again I'm going to hold on to those, um, and hopefully you know pretty soon I can talk more about it. Um, but basically the plan is now is just I'm just going to keep going with this, guys. I'm going to keep putting out episodes. I'm going to keep having guests on. I've I've already kind of had some email exchanges with Nate, the therapist that I work with when I was out there. He's actually going to come on the podcast here in the next couple weeks. Um, we actually got a date locked down today, so I'm really excited to have him on. And I've got some kind of, as well as some some of the program guys that I'm going to get on. I, I've got some other professionals that I've got in mind that I, I want to get on and talk about different things that I've brought up on the podcast, like the IFS, the internal family systems, and the mind managers and you know, how we can and do work around those that that will help us in our recoveries. Um, Cause I'm really interested in that stuff. Um, I got a lot of managers at play. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to bring those people on. I'm just overall guys, I'm, I'm really excited with where I'm at, what I've learned and I'm excited to keep moving forward. There's a lot of fear though. You know, one of the biggest things that Nate told me while I was out there was like, you got to move out. You got to move out of your mom's house, which I've known for some time. And there's kind of a goal around that. However, um, cause I don't want to live in my mom's house forever. That is not my dream. That is not my goal. However, there's a lot of anxiety and fear there around that. Like I don't make a whole lot of money. Um, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to provide for myself and that I'm just, I'm going to go broke and going broke to me means going, being homeless and living on the streets. Um, which is, you know, a pretty big irrational fear for me. It's, it's, it could, it could go that way. However, it's, I don't think it's going to. And again, if I look back at the last year and a half, I've fallen down. I've fallen down. I've stumbled. I've made mistakes and I've gotten right back up. I've gotten right back up and I've dusted myself off and I've continued to move forward and I've continued to grow and to heal and to work on the things that I need to work on. And I got to give a lot of credit to God for putting that strength in me to keep me going. Right. That's another thing that I'm really looking forward to working on is, is my relationship with God, my higher power. And just realizing that like he is here for me and that I can put faith in him to help me work through these things because he, he has this entire time, even before I got in recovery, um, he's been with me. And so, so moving out of my mom's house, that's, uh, I filled out my very first home loan application this week. Um, that was terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Um, but you know it's good for me and it's 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 what i need to do it's what i need to do you know i'm kind of i'm in this house that a lot of childhood traumas happened in and so there's that and then kind of you know being around my mom as much work as we've done on our relationship which has been really good however at the same time my my nervous system when i'm in that house is just one big, it's just one wound up ball. And I can't, there's, there's no way for me to get away from it because no matter what I'm in that house, like I need my own space. I need my own place of, uh, to unwind where it's just me and the dog. 
And that makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm really excited for that. That's a big step for me. And I'd say that there's more excitement than there is fear around that. However, you know, filling out that application, the fear, the fear really kind of snuck in and had some conversations around it. Um, again, just slowing things down too. you know, what's the pace here? What's the pace? What's the rush? There is no rush. Let's just let's slow this down. This is all on God's time. God is going to he's going to guide me through this process and I'm going to learn a lot of things. And then on the other side of that, on the other side of the things we're afraid to do are great reward. And I was reminded of this by the house manager that we had. Awesome guy. I'm going to have him on the podcast as well. You know, he made that statement to me one night while we were out talking on the deck. He was like, on the other side of fear is great reward. And that we have to take those leaps in order to get there. And they're scary and they're terrifying and I don't want to do them. However, by not doing them, I'm keeping myself in a worse place. I am in a worse place when I don't take those leaps of faith than if I take the leap of faith and I fail. I have to take these leaps of faith. I have to stare at those fears and and, and work through them and, and push through them instead of as soon as they pop up being like, ah, nope, nope, I don't want to go there, so I'm not going to go there. Let me just stay over here just in this little wound-up ball that I don't know what to do with. Um, so again, a, a lot of just really exciting things going on for me right now. I'm I'm excited to be out. I'm excited to be back in the studio. You know, the podcast has been kind of the constant for me over the last year and a half that's been really good for me. Um, getting in here, talking about this stuff, posting this stuff, hearing from people, you know, it's been absolutely awesome, the feedback. And I'm just excited to, to, to dig, to just dig in and keep working on it because uh, I'm on the right path and I'm doing all the right things. And, you know, these are all going to come together and, and help put me where I want to go because I have dreams. I have goals um, in life and in my recovery. And I know that if I keep working these things, that I will get there. I will get there and that, again, sometimes I just got to slow it down, slow that pace down. So, uh, again, guys, I'm real excited to keep moving on with this. And, again, I'm going to work on getting some new guys in here, um, sharing their stories and their perspectives, and just having these conversations, just normal people having conversations. And that's how we get through this. We're not alone. Nobody's alone in whatever they are going through this. There's always somebody there that's going through it right there with you or that's going to be there to support you guys. So thanks so much for listening again, guys. Thank you for joining me on my journey. Um, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's anything that, that you guys want to hear or if you want to come on and share your story, please feel free to email me, here at gmail.com. Uh, again, that's here at gmail.com. And while you're at it, guys, while you're on that email, um, you're on the Internet, go check out the website. It's here.com nolionshere.com. Go check out the website, guys. Um, there's places to find meetings on there. Um, I got a forum on there. 
um, just some some really good resources. You can listen to the podcast on there. Please feel free to share this with with anybody and everybody, guys. I, I really want to get the message out there. Um, no matter what you're struggling with, there's other people that are also struggling and that we all have to kind of work together and come together and share those struggles with other people. And that's how we get through this. Um, so again, go check out the website, no lions here. Dot com. You can email me at nolionshere at gmail.com. Um, and again, thanks, guys, and I look forward to, uh, to getting back with you guys soon. Uh, see you guys later.